Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Nintendo! to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of June 12th, 2014. I am your host, Jose Otero, and we are live at E3. Joining me this week, Per Schneider. Welcome. Brian Altano. Brah, brah. And Sam Claiborne. Hey, listen, everybody. All right, guys, so E3 is in the books. We're practically done. It's yeah. the last day of the show. You're never done. It comes back. Yeah. Nintendo reveals something every couple hours. So. Oh, yeah. No, don't tell me that. Treehouse Live. <laughs> Someone turned it on real fast. More importantly, um, let's, let's start off our discussion with responses to the Nintendo, digital, excuse me, the Nintendo Digital event. What did we think? How did it go? Were you satisfied with the announcements overall? Were you disappointed? I liked it. I thought, I thought it went, went pretty well. You know, again, I, I still feel... There's something different. I was live at all the press conferences, and I watched this one remotely, and there's just a different effect when you're sitting in the hall and everybody's yelling. No question about it. You're never going to get around that. That said, Nintendo just showed a great sense of humor, and like, it was really the, the spirit of it was all fun, right? You watch it, and you got, this is a company that enjoys making games, that wants to make experiences that make you feel good. Yeah. And it, it was just great. I mean, the fight sequence between Iwata and Reggie and all that. Yeah, it's I mean, nuts. I, I think the, the, uh, the whole notion of having a digital event, um, it cuts away a lot of the sort of the scripted excess that you get at these other press conferences and a lot of the awkwardness, too. Like, I feel like the, the stage show, the old thing in front of the, the big audience, it's sort of antiquated. And there's a lot more moving parts, which means there's a lot more things that can go wrong. And yeah, you lose the crowd reaction, but I don't care about a crowd when I'm playing video games. I just want to see what the game looks like. I want to hear the creators of that game talk to me about why it's awesome. That's the most important part. You don't get the, the camera screw-ups. You don't get the audio cutouts. It's just this thing's done. It's a package, and they play it for us. I think it's great. So uh, speaking of packages, I think that the, uh, the entire affair was just a thin paper wrapping around a Zelda trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't really, I don't really, ever, the rest of it's a blur. And I've played all the games since, and they yeah. play a lot better than they showed. I'll tell you that. Like, you can't really show Mario Maker that well, right? Yeah. But it's so fun to play it. 
Um, but there was enough new stuff that we didn't know about that I loved to hear about, and then uh, there was just it was it was about Zelda yeah, for me. Yeah. That's what that's what I walked away with, and that's the trailer I've watched in slow motion so many times. I, so, uh, I, I lowered my expectations a little bit before the event as well, where I you know I I was already convinced that Zelda would show as a trailer and not as a playable demo or anything because Hyrule Warriors is the Zelda game to focus on for them, yeah. right? And then uh, you know I thought Animal Crossing would show, but you know other games obviously showed, and I think. It was just great to be surprised, you know. Yeah. Mario Maker, I, I've wanted this game for so many years. <laughs> I could not have predicted that they'd finally do it, and I'm happy to see it. Metroid was missing. I really felt like there, there was, we didn't get something, you know, cool. There wasn't a, a Metroid F-Zero, some, some stylish, you know, sure. sci-fi-based game. We got X, and by the way, they punked everybody with that opening screen yeah. on, on, uh, on Xenogears yeah. 2. Yeah. So you before know? you guys yeah. get a little, a little more deeper into the individual portions of it, I do want to put out there that um, as someone who has been a, a big proponent of Nintendo needs to take the stage, Nintendo should be on stage at E3, I have to admit that the digital event turned me around. Mm. I turned that entire perception I initially had around. Um, and it's mostly because now when I, look at, um, when I looked at the other conferences and it was kind of the one person presenting to a room and you know, maybe some of it was either the chess beating or the, hey, we're successful, or the messaging that we are you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it be, I felt like, with, at least with the digital event, with the video, it is a lot more entertaining. They do a lot more with it to make it fun, and you can't really capture that on stage. And I think that's ultimately what they walk away with, is just a way to jab fun at themselves and sort of be less corporate. One of the things I've noticed is there's a kind of an identity crisis with Nintendo, where they are a very corporate-structured company, where there is you know, sort of the figurehead and the layers of uh, what people can and can't do. Mm-hmm. But the minute a direct or a digital event starts, all of that disappears. You completely forget that that is, in fact, how they're structured. So I feel like the announcements they made in this thing were, were good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like Splatoon, I honestly became more interested in it the more I spoke to the developers and the more I saw some of the advanced techniques and played it. I don't think it showed very well where it was mm-hmm. in the press conference itself, or excuse me, in the digital event itself. I agree, no Metroid was a bummer. Um, also, the digital event was just a small portion of everything else, right? Because yeah. then we learned about there was a Star Fox game. There's, yeah. a, you know, a Fossil Fighters got announced. Um, Steam, yeah, Steam. Fantasy Life got announced on a press release. Codename Steam got mm-hmm. announced at an event. Pac-Man. Yeah. yeah. Pac-Man um, being um, Smash was afterwards, yeah. One yeah. thing I, I really enjoyed, and this is just kind of an ins- insider thing, is that we all watched it in a room together, and people still cheered yeah, for yeah. stuff, yeah. and uh, I just I like that sense of co- that sense of community mm-hmm. when you're actually watching a press conference to kind of see the crowd reactions. And uh, I think we did a really good pre and post show that kind of capped that off. That like felt a lot more like you know we were still doing it live, and I, yeah. I thought that was a really cool yeah. you know, framing of it. Sure. So um, yeah, I mean definitely an entertaining entertaining event. Okay, so uh, let, let's go through uh, just w- some of the big pillars before we talk about Zelda because Zelda is probably the biggest thing from the event that we all immediately got excited about and for good reason. But I want to talk a little bit about Amiibo a little bit. Yeah. And how was that coming out party to you guys? Like, what, do you, what do you think? Did they the achieve figures. their job of, of getting people interested in this thing? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, they just, they, they're still not telling you exactly what they do, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of you know, downloading data and stats and all that kind of stuff and the custom movesets is cool, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. what is the big hook beyond... 
you know, having a memory card that looks like Mario. What did yeah, get exactly. me interested is that they look freaking awesome. Yes, yeah. like, the prototypes are really nice. I was very disappointed in the Disney Infinity uh, figures. Really? You know, looking at the Hulk and stuff. Well, and I don't like the design I, of them, but conversely, I think Skylanders are really cool. Skylanders are cool. They, like, and they, it's what I would like when I was a kid. I remember yeah. I like these toys called Battle Beasts, and like, mm-hmm. I really like like the clear plastic it mixed in with the little like, and each figure is just designed so carefully. They have like a good creature factory. And Nintendo has good design. I think their figures are not, they're a little Mario Party generic, mm-hmm. but they, they, they look quality. Really? I, I, mean, I thought they looked great. I, I, I guess I'm on the other side of that. I totally I, disagree. I disagree. Yeah. yeah, I feel like using the Smash character portraits does a really good job. I mean, the art styles and everything that comes together in Smash, they do such a good well of capturing all the great qualities of these characters. Hmm. And so basing the figures off of them, it does give them sort of a... Um, one way to really look at those figures, like you, it almost is like you instantly see them and you think Smash Brothers rather than instantly think of them and think of them across all their IPs just based that's on true. the portraits. Or at least yeah. that's what I'm doing. I think, well, they but, look but, like but it's also, I mean, it's the first series of of characters that are coming out to support Smash Brothers. Yeah, right? they're, so they're, they're I would specifically on Smash. Yeah, like you will, I'm assuming you're going to get different figurines as time goes by. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, Mario yeah. sitting yeah, the, on a cart and all that. The Mario right? they have now is the angry one, right? Yeah. Like he's like, Dad, he's throwing a fireball. Like he's, he's angry. I've wanted these ever since I was a kid, A. Yeah. But B, ever since uh, the intro on, on Smash Brothers for GameCube, where you saw that Mario yeah. figurine tumble yeah. down the hallway, I was like, yeah. I want that. So to me, I don't really know what they do yet. I don't really care. Because I probably won't use them for what they are. I will use them to put them on, on a shelf. With the, yeah. the I think yeah. that's the problem is that the only use for those is putting on your shelf that we know of right now. Well, so actually... Like, I don't know how they're going to sell them. Yeah. Me, for, for me characters, Yeah, so right? we yeah. had a conversation yeah. with uh, both Miyamoto, and I don't want to butcher his name, so I want to make sure I pull this up. Uh, Shinya Takahashi, who is actually the GM of SPD, uh, the software uh, development group or whatever. I'm... I'm probably botching some of the details, but the point is these guys both oversaw Nintendo's entire lineup at E3 um, and were both involved on Amiibo. And so we asked a couple questions about like how it works, and he specified that the figurines will have a memory footprint that is... He roughly used his fingers to kind of help uh, present the example, but the larger portion of the memory footprint is dedicated to Smash Brothers. And all of the data that it exchanges will, uh, will function with the features that they have planned for that game. The subset of data is what will recognize, hey, this is a Mario figure. And so if you plug it into another game, or you know what I mean, if you plug yep. it through NFC to another game, it then activates certain features that were added for that game. Ah, so they still the they are still game-specific. Yeah, yeah, they are game-specific. Huh. And so we asked them, are you going to launch these across, like are you going to create then separate lines for your different IPs? And he said, they haven't really figured out a lot of it yet, but pres- probably yes. Yeah. Um, however... Right now, the Smash line is what they have in mind. You will eventually see, you know, a Mario family line, and there'll probably be a more traditional Mario. See, I would like that because that, that's all part of the same universe, and they could attribute an art style. Like, I think like a Wind Waker line would be the most beautiful thing oh ever. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I'm not really into the, I guess, the Smash Brothers character designs. Oh really? I, I really like the way the figurines looked. I, I mean, Samus looked awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, Mario with the fireball looked really cool. You know, Mario's like cool. I, I think it speaks plastic. volumes that they can take. Characters from so many different games and uh, mesh them all so well. Because like, Smash I mean, Brothers, yeah, for Smash yeah. Brothers. I mean, I think even like Wind Waker Link, like he looks differently in Wind Waker than he does in Smash Brothers. Yeah. He's a little more like kind of 
tattered and he's got so, sort of like a little more gray to him yeah. uh, rather than just being like this like, right. joyous, very bright thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that. And I, you know, they did say that they're going to make them for every character. They're, they're shooting to make them for every character in that game. And Smash. Which, yeah. which is Smash. probably like a merchandising nightmare because, yeah. I mean, you have characters like, you know, Sonic, you have Mega Man, uh, Mega Man you have... Uh, Pac-Man, and you know that's you're driving up a different like sort of legal loophole for each mm-hmm. one of those things. To yeah. Be like, we're making a toy based on this. I hope so. the packaging is really cool. The packaging is yeah, really we cool. We've actually seen shots of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of in this big box with a uh, action figure card on the back that okay. has a big mm-hmm. bright character picture. I mean, I looked at that and I was like, I'm screwed because I'm gonna have to buy tons yeah, of these. I can't help but wonder though if if every figure is being designed for Smash, right? I can't help but wonder does that mean every figure currently involved in Smash is related to some upcoming Nintendo game that's coming out. For example, with Wii Fit Trainer there, you can instantly see there's already Wii Fit U is out there. Yeah. With Little Mac, does that mean there's a punch-out game that Next Level Games is currently working on something for Nintendo? Is it an HD punch-out or something? Yeah. Um, I can't help but wonder if they, well, were, if they were that precise with this with the, and, and with reflecting it in the roster, is I guess well, what did, I'm trying to did say. They say. I mean, they may act like just as generic data storage, right, for other games. Like, I don't there's, know if that's it the says, case. I don't the, think the, it is. It says the figurines are going to work on... Smash Brothers, Mario Party, Mario Kart, and Toad as well. Uh, Captain, yeah, and yeah. also Yoshi's Woolly uh, Woolly World. And Woolly World, yeah. and so you know, you, it's not they're not going to be used. I think it's more down the line. Characters, yeah. they're going to be used as data storage for something. I yeah. think that what I'm describing is more down the line than yeah. that. Uh, I just I think that for example, it makes total sense that the Yoshi figure is going to work in Yoshi's Woolly World, sure. for example, right? Yeah. And with Captain Toad, presumably either Captain Toad is joining the Smash Brothers roster. Or the Mario figure will do something specific in there. But I almost wonder, will every figure do something? I, I guess I'm still not sure what that vision so is. I think, yeah. I think if we look at their past, the way they've handled stuff like this, and like they've been toying with connectivity for years, we've seen things like, you know, if you connect your version of Metroid for uh, GBA and for Wii U, or for the Wii, you got um, you know, suit. A, a suit, and mm-hmm. you got like a, a Metroid for NES. Um, there were other things like uh, me bobblehead would show up in your in your yeah. in your thing in Metroid Prime, uh, yeah. uh, based on what you had on your save file and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of room for little things like that. I don't think it necessarily means every single character getting a toy now gets their own game. Now, obviously, that would be awesome because it means we get a new Smash Brothers or mm-hmm. a new Punch Out. Oh, and there's a new Metroid. A new Metroid. It means yeah. we get you know maybe a Pac Man that is different than the Pac Mans we've been getting. But I would say for now, it's probably going to be little unlocks, like little nods, little things like It'll that. It'll be hats, right? Yeah. Like yeah. hats in the in the Street Pass games, sure. like that kind of thing. That makes sure. a lot of yeah. sense. Anyway, I can't help yeah. but speculate on it. So I guess if we're done with Amiibo, we should. Oh, well, def- one more thing though, they did sure. sort of say that uh, these are going to out live this console generation. Yeah, so we talked to them about it and they that was a specific question was like, "Hey, what's your vision for Amiibo? Is this something that's going to continue into is this going to surpass, you know, 3DS and Wii U and find its way into the next platform?" And they said that right now that's the plan for them. Yeah. And so that's kind of uh, I mean, they wouldn't say it's not, right? Because if they do, like, no one's going to buy those things, too. So, yeah. of course, take that answer with a grain of salt. And, and you know, we should but specify that, that this is all, like, optional stuff. This yeah. is not, like, you have to buy all 36 Well, and that's what I appreciate about the whole project as, as a whole, yeah, right? Yeah, if, if you are buying Smash Brothers because you don't really care for custom movesets, you don't have to buy these figures. But if you're playing Mario Kart 8 and there's a feature that comes from having the Mario figurine in that game that you want to try out, you should totally buy that and try it out there. And at least they're giving you more... I feel like there's more options hence more value for the consumer, right? Because you're not just buying this one figurine for this one game, but rather getting a lot more out of it across both platforms, actually. So that's really encouraging. By the way, fun fact, 
we learned that Mi- there is a Miyamoto Mi custom Mi figurine. Because Brian <laughs> asked, hey, uh, are you guys considering, you know, anyone being able to order their own custom Mi? And uh, it's funny because, um, you know, they, uh, he said, and if not, you can have that idea for free. And they all laughed in the room and, and joked around about it. And they asked Brian how much he would be willing to pay. And I was actually surprised by the answer you gave him. I said 50 bucks. 50 bucks? 50 bucks for a custom you, you person. You us all. It's well, me. No, it's we, me. Like, it's my, own, it's my own character. And I think that's an awesome gift to give a friend or, like, your kids or something. Yeah. God, it's their birthday. And so you go, look, when, I got you your own action When figure. he did that, I leaned over behind him and was like, don't do it. I motioned, like, no, please. Well, so, so there's, like, 3D printers are everywhere now. And you can yeah. go to, like, a mall and get some, like, really kind of crappy little standee of yourself yeah. based on it. Um, I think these are so much cooler because I, I, desi- I could spend months and months designing my own me, picking out the perfect thing, being like, this is the way it looks. I could send it to them. They could send me the figure and I could take that you know, anywhere I wanted and use it with other games or just put it on my shelf. That's awesome. Okay. So yeah, 50 bucks. No, not 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> it won't be 50 yeah, bucks. Yeah, we all know that. Reggie also was on our post show, so you should check out that video because he talks a little bit about pricing. It was something that actually him and Pear kind of... Uh, Went back and forth about a little bit, right? Just uh, in terms of finding the right price so that kids will be happy and the parents will be happy. That's exactly it. You know, that's uh, the the big question is like, you know, how much can you ask for? Because they're not alone in the market as well, right? If they want to reach a mass market, they can't do the same thing they did with the Pokemon figurines. It's like, hey, just find a GameStop in your neighborhood, right? They're going to have to go to Toys R Us. They're going to have to go to big retailers. And the figures are going to hang next to the other figures yeah. from the other guys, but right? Disney They're going to be with Skylanders and Disney Infinity, yeah. so they have to be competitive. But Disney Infinity is roughly, what, 15, 14 bucks? Remember, I ignored that game so that you, I still have did. money left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And you're doing well Oh, no, that, these but, figures uh, will absolutely be $15. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think the build quality alone sense. sort of justifies yeah, if that. If you guys said the packaging's big and stuff, yeah, the packaging's yeah, no, it is. more expensive. Yeah. Okay, so uh, then that's enough of that. Let's go on to The Legend of Zelda. Wow. It looked really cool. Sorry, yes. I'm getting pinged from the uh, the booth the whole time. Okay, so all right. No, no worries. Need to be rude. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, that that game. I heard of that game. Yeah, it's what yeah, they said about it good. was more exciting than even seeing it for me. Mm-hmm. About how they're, it's just it's the conversation we've had on this podcast. We had it in our yeah. live 200th episode mm-hmm. um, about Zelda should be an open, dangerous world that you can explore without without boundaries. Uh, physical or or based on you know it just should be based on enemies and, and about you know getting lost and stuff like that like you should be able to go somewhere it should be dangerous and that should be a risk you should take and they just like kind of said that word for word well, it was really cool they and didn't I really think indicate be, the danger part to be yeah. fair yeah it was more about the landmass so I think you're what, absolutely what, right. what I yeah I think the danger part came from seeing how there is that pee hat thing um, <laughs> that yeah, nothing is scarier than that the he word was just kind of casually shooting and yeah. but then it like comes around just lights everything on fire yeah. and like and destroys a bridge like yeah. that was awesome yeah. it was menacing yeah no, it was menacing yeah. like, i'm never scared of enemies just in the field and, well, and it like wasn't that. just in, tr- in in game from what i read somewhere i think uh it was also like that was actual gameplay according yeah. to alnuma he said that's a song. well the camera was obviously fixed right yeah. and th- those are the big questions we should ask is like how's that yeah. game going to run because those Vistas were freaking awesome. Yeah. That one shot of the backgrounds, that looked great. That is not easy to get yeah. that to run smoothly. You can get that so, on like a high-end PC I, with Skyrim. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do I was it. a little worried that the camera was stationary because they aren't far a, a, along enough yeah. to, to actually show that in motion. But it ran really smoothly, right? Yeah. And then the... 
I've never seen something like that in a Zelda game no. where an enemy of that kind of magnitude attacks you, right? The piads yeah, attack you in so Ocarina great. of Time, and it's like, oh, that's not cool, or yeah. the you skeletons at night, <laughs> and you keep on running and nothing happens. This thing, like, it, it's like the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was scary. It, that. it actually reminds me a little bit of, you know, when you play a game like Resident Evil Remake and you think you're safe, mm-hmm. and suddenly something opens a door. Yeah. You're, you know, and like, you're, wait, they never did that before. It's like those centaurs in The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda, the very first one. Yeah. You yeah. get up there, and they're just like, bleh, bleh. Well, and, yeah. and when the P-Hat came out after him, like, there was a goat and a, and a sheep herder. Like, yeah. they were they're there for cover. They were like, yeah, we yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's problems on, a, on the horizon. So yeah, that was really I, I cool. Mean, I, th- I thought it was just all in all, just incre- like just breathtaking. Just uh, such an incredibly beautiful, confident art style. And the way, the way they just said, you know, I think for years people keep asking for that kind of, like, gritty, realistic. And, like, they're just not doing it. And that's awesome. Like, that's mm. not what Zelda is. Like, Zelda has to look like that. Like, it's got to look a little... Artistic, yeah, you know, and, a little cartoony, quirky, quirky like so. And, and Skyward Sword, that was their angle, right? They mm-hmm. said, "Oh, we we want an artistic look, more of a painterly look." I just didn't like it. I just didn't like the color scheme, right? I I love games like Cosmos, Shadow of the yes. Colossus and Eco. Those those games oh, where yeah. the developers had the courage to make shadows really dark mm-hmm. and uh, sunlit spots really blown out and bright. Mm-hmm. I really like that kind of contrast, and I felt like Skyward Sword was. You know, Easter egg pastel colors. Yeah, this doesn't look like this. This no, looks uh, vibrant. It looks yeah. alive. It just—they're like the they're not, they're, they're not burying it on a standard definition color. Right, right. right. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, it, exactly. to me, at least, it feels like the natural visual evolution of what would come after Wind Waker. At, like this is what yep, I want. Yeah. More detail, more vibrant color. You're right about the eco comparison. Although yeah. I feel eco, it's one the one problem with that R star is way too gray and way too drab in some areas. Yeah, like, yeah, no, for sure. It, it really, was it was low res too. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, the HD version looks yeah. great. You should yeah. totally check that out if you haven't. But uh, anyway, yeah, that is what completely blew me away. Was that this is what I always expected to come yep. after Wind Waker, and now it's finally sort of here. Yeah. 2015 yeah. is that did, real? Yeah, I think we'll so. See. We'll I think see, so. Right? I hope so. We're going to see it. a lot more of it this year, if Cre- that's true. Creating a linear experience is much easier than creating an, a truly open, Yeah, but they, they've been working on this thing for a while, man. Yeah. I mean, Wii U, don't get me wrong, there was that tech demo that they showed, and yeah. I think in our original post, we actually embedded the tech demo at the bottom to remind people yeah. what it looked like when they first introduced Wii U, yeah. and what was that, 2011, and what the final product looked like, mm-hmm. um, or at least what they're showing now, not final product, mm-hmm. right? But um, they have to have been working on this for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, Wind Waker yeah. was... Since was Skyward Sword wrapped, I would even say. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if it, if, it's an, if it comes out next year, I 100% will believe that. Just off of the fact that when I think of... I, I, I have this belief, too, that uh, A Link Between Worlds, which we loved, by the way, and which was really cool, and also uh, Wind Waker HD, we don't know how many people work at Nintendo, but I would not be surprised if those were B-team products, and mm-hmm. the A-team was quietly oh, yeah. just drilling away at getting The Legend of Zelda for well, Wii U. I can, right? yeah. I can tell you the A artists on this one, because that shot oh, yeah. of Link, and mm-hmm. you know, some people think it's Zelda, we can talk a little oh, bit no, about yeah, that, yeah, but, let's, let's but you know, Link, the, the shot where Link turns around and gets that arrow ready, and you see the expression in the face... That's amazing. Oh it my looks god! So Even good. like the little details, like this little strap flips up right near yeah. the finger Toink. when the thing pulls back. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like you know, a link between worlds, Wind Waker. These were uh, these were sort of proving grounds for where Zelda's going to go next. Like mm-hmm. we did have that open world thing with Link Between Worlds, but it was a world that was familiar, so we didn't really understand it and didn't really sort of like appreciate what it was because we'd all run around, you know, uh, Link to the Past a hundred times. So we mm-hmm. kind of knew where everything was, but we did have that danger of like. 
going into the seventh or eighth supposed dungeon as your first dungeon with only yeah. three hearts and getting mm-hmm. your butt kicked. Like, I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. And I mean, some of the stuff they tested on the gamepad with Wind Waker, I mean, all of those little things, those little quirks and intricacies are all going to make it into this new Zelda. Yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's all lining up to be something really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I, I think they played it. Fallout and Skyrim at Nintendo over the you last couple so? of years. Oh, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Maybe some of the other so. designers did. I don't think a lot of them did. I don't know. Oh, they, those they games are pretty popular. They're so reluctant to say that publicly and it yeah. bothers me so much because well, there's nothing wrong with appreciating a competitor's game. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, nothing but, wrong with but that. But that may also just be the leaders and the, the people you know, in the company um, have actually played them. I mean, remember that they're, they were really heavily inspired by other forms of media, like, you know, the Lord of the Rings franchise, for example, if you look in Twilight Princess, it's all over that game, right? Oh, yeah, game, that's right? true, yeah. And, and you see this once in a while. Um, I don't doubt that they've played some open-world games to research yeah. I mean, for those, that, all, I say those games because those are the open-world yeah. fantasy games yeah. that yeah. people are playing. Well, well, what definitely. they did so well with this first shot, I mean, they knew what they had, right? Like, yeah. Aonuma is like... Look at it, and it just <laughs> it looked gorgeous. Shot, but immediately my eye is, you know, I find a, a cottage, and it's like you just feel like you want to go there. You want to yeah. go to that cottage. You want to mm-hmm. go to that waterfall. Is that a volcano? Yeah, right? I, like you're I looking wanna, at all I these I want to spend places. sixty hours in that world, and that's know? the spirit of the Legend of Zelda, yeah. right? Where yeah. it's like when I play Skyrim, I don't necessarily see those kinds of details. It's a very realistic yeah, but that's world. That's because of art direction, right? right? That's, yeah. uh, that all has to do yeah. with art direction. Well, there's a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot about Skyrim. It's a different, different game. It's cumbersome, and I don't agree with, and I don't really like. I, mean, I, I, I think that immediately, oh, I, I, I think it's great. But I mean, when the way I start out Skyrim, I walk around and I start picking up all these weapons, and a minute and a half into the game, yeah. they go, "You weigh too much." Put them down. <laughs> yeah. And like, you'll never well, have that with a Zelda. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Rub it in. But you know, if you look at the original Legend of Zelda, it was the same thing. We talk about it all the time. Like before there was Skyrim, there was Zelda. Even yeah. a link to the past when you meet the old man. And he goes, hey, go get those three pendants. You can get them in any order you want, right? That option is given to you right there. Go fight them and go, go collect them in any order yeah. you want. We've had little, like, uh, kernels of that for so long. Mm-hmm. So to kind of take that and build a whole game on it, like, I don't know if they really need to play GTA or they need to play Skyrim and stuff like that because I don't know if that's... I think that, like, they've had it in them all along. They're not, well, they're, and they're not making that kind of game, to be no, fair. Yeah, it's yeah. just, all oh, the... How do you pull off a world that is so fully realized but so nonlinear and big yeah. and... Well, we hear all the time, right? I mean, the common story between big tentpole Nintendo games is a lot of prototyping, man, a lot of prototyping. Mm. We prototype everything until we're absolutely sure what is the cool new thing. Yeah. Um, and then they find a way to then wisely integrate it into these games. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how the game cap, excuse me, the gamepad comes into play with this thing just because of the position they're in right now and where they have to find, you know, a lot of unique uses. And they're not shoehorning it in. They're being very careful with, look, we're not going to add a, a, and this came up during our interview, we're not going to force the gamepad into a game if it didn't belong there. Right. Right? So they're being very careful with that. But I'm also wondering if when we're seeing things like uh, the Star Fox, uh, you know, tech demo that they were showing around, right, where the aiming was on the gamepad, it makes you wonder, like, if something like the Beetle were to return, from Skyward Sword, would I be piloting that thing with the gamepad? Will there be something else that does, you know, will other items do other things? Like, I can't help but, like, wonder at the possibilities and the things that they've learned. It was just, nice in Wind Waker as an inventory. Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. Like, inventory map is good. I don't need dowsing with that thing. Ugh. I need scanning. So that like, didn't work, but, I mean, you don't know what the, uh, the theme of the game, we think, has something to do with the bow, right? The bow and arrow was really cool, but, but beyond that, are there things like... Do you have the, the Zelda equivalent of like a little drone bot and you, you see what that thing sees on the lower screen when you go explore? Like you don't know what, sure. what kind of themes they're working into that game that could actually work with a game yeah, as well. Totally. Yeah, totally. You know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is it Zelda? 
I don't think so. I think I think it's just another example of the androgynous quality qualities of a. Of, of Japanese male character design, you know, and the misunderstanding that comes from the West going, yeah. oh, is that yeah. a girl? No, it's not. It is, it is whoever you want to name it, obviously. Like, we all have the choice to name him Link, and most of us do, but we could also name him Pear or whatever, but it is a male. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I... Uh, I, wish it was a, I wish it was a girl. Me too. I think that'd yeah. be cool. I like, be really cool. like playing a Zelda in Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, it would be cool to kind of turn the story on its head and have it, be, have it be the Legend of Zelda and it's actually the story of Zelda, right? The Legend right? of Link would be, be a really game. cool. Um, but, I, I mean, in your interviews, mm-hmm. they strongly hinted at it not being Zelda, that they would have to change the name of the game because yeah, it then it would so be strange. the Legend of, of Link, right? Yeah. Because you're rescuing Link or something. And afterwards, like, when he said that comment, I was like, well, maybe it doesn't have to. I was yeah. like, ultimately, like, you're the guy, yeah. one of the people who gets but, to decide that. Right. And he yeah. said... You know, he just kind of nodded in agreement. Yep. Um, There's actually a cool thing. Uh, I mean, we don't know if it means anything, but the design of the the gauntlet. Oh, have the, you seen that? How it connects it, to Ganondorf's It looks uh, just like Ganondorf's design. Yeah. It's like the, you know, the, the square. It the, may, this is, may be a Gerudo design. Yeah. It may yeah. be just the coincidence. Wraps on his arms, specifically yeah, the wraps. In the, maybe this in the is show. young Ganondorf in high school. Just, that would be crazy. Yeah. High school Ganondorf? Yeah, yeah. sure. Just yeah. like coming up in the world before they become evil. You know, sort of like a... Star Wars prequel kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So there were cool. there were goats in that game, and that was the uh, third best goat simulator I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear, the new Metal Gear, uh, Fan of Pain or whatever it's called, is uh, the second best in post goat goat simulator. Is still number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Metal Gear has really good goats in it, guys. I wonder right. if the, if goats are a secret running theme at this year's E3. Goats and steampunk. Yeah. Yep. And dragons dying. Okay. All right. So, Bloodborne. Um, uh, what's the big Sony first party? Which eighteen whatever? The order. Order. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Nintendo's code name. Steam. Steam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Three steampunk games. Yeah, it's true. All right. So let's. Steam. Uh, could that mean Half Life Three is just around the corner? I Actually, saw those yeah, jokes. Just confirmed. Yeah. All right. This tangent has gone on long enough. So uh, let's. Uh, how many folks here have played Smash Brothers? Just really quickly. Have you all? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's yeah. talk about it a little bit. What do you think? I'm bad at it. No, I'm bad at it too. I'm bad at Smash Brothers. Brothers. Shirt. Nice. But what right. I see what I did, I, I played the, the characters that I hadn't played before, like the villager, Rosalina, and like whenever you start playing Smash Brothers and somebody picks their favorite character, you're going to get obliterated. I'm not that great at it anyway, but um, Rosalina had a really hard time figuring <laughs> out how to use, you know, how to use her powers. And mm-hmm. the villager has this complicated setup where you're planting the tree and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really fun. I mean, yeah. I had a great time. I think the levels, are, the new stages are cool looking. Yeah. The yellow devil in, in the Mega Man page uh, stage is so horrible. Yeah. 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 Very so annoying. Yeah, he just comes out and he starts switching from side to side and he'll slap. He basically hits you every time he transfers his sort of body to like the other side of, the, mm-hmm. uh, side of the yeah. But, but the pilot wing stage is cool. It has oh, so much motion so and it looks mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And so you're good. fighting on the wings of a, of a biplane. Over, over Woohoo Island. It's yep. really beautiful. I hadn't really, I, it, I was kind of walking by and I was taken aback at how, look, how good that looks. Yep. Um, I found myself uh, Leaning on new characters uh, mostly as well when I was playing because I, I mean I feel like I've I've played as Samus and I've played yeah, yeah. as Mario like there's no reason to play as those characters mm-hmm. but I wanted to jump in uh, with Little Mac and Mega Man and and kind of like experience what how mm-hmm. different those characters play and Little Mac is like I think it's someone awesome. described him as like sort of like uh, Roy or Marth but with boxing gloves yeah. and I really feel that like it's just he's quick he's sharp he's like aggressive and he like. If you if you land the right the right moves like I think he I feel like he had like this one thing where it was one hit. I feel like he's the, the I yeah. feel like he's the new Captain Falcon. 
You think so? That's yeah, what I there's think. There's a Falcon yeah. Punch-like move. There's definitely, yeah. you can see connections there in terms of his speed. The only difference being that when Little Mac leaves his feet, though, mm. he is not very good. Uh, his, his range just in the air is, is terrible. When he's on the ground, he is going to take some fools out. I saw people using his KO uppercut and just sending people, like, off screen, like, with, with authority, man. Like, yeah. it, was, it was so cool to watch. Um, but I also tried to experiment with a couple of characters. Uh, my first time playing, I played as Marth because I always play as Marth, and I will say it being... Um, right, the speed right now is supposed to be slower than Melee but faster than Brawl. It feels closer to Brawl a little bit, but it's definitely in between. It's definitely not as slow as what Brawl was to me, and I, that was one of the things that... One of a few things that turned me off to Brawl. But... Um, Overall, my impressions of it were pretty good. Like, I know the game is still in development and there's still yeah. a lot to do, but what was there, 20 characters, eight stages, lots of items, I was convinced this game's qual- of this game's quality based off of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely impressed me. It's just so... Yeah. And, like, now... The 3DS one is... Yeah, no, we definitely got to hit that one at some point. Yeah, yeah, but when you start playing, first of all, you get used to all these new move sets and like mm-hmm. trying to learn everything. But then all the new items that are popping up and what they oh, do, wow. it's just yeah. like I was really overwhelmed. I'm Me like, too. wait, what? Did, what's the what's the blue shell do? What's the what's the little spinny fire well, thing? You take do? that like, and you, you, know? you couple it with all the noise on the show floor, and it's so fast. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. so I'm actually gonna I actually like the part of Smash Brothers where before I invite everybody over, I, I dig exactly. in by myself and exactly. kind of figure out the intricacies of everything. I try out different characters. I unlock things. And actually, I really appreciate that lore side of it, too. Is like As you're doing that, you're unlocking these sort of statues of games that I grew up playing. And mm-hmm. you're seeing 3D models of them for the first time. You can spin them around and read about them. I know I'm, I'm in the minority when it comes to that stuff, but that all that museum history package that comes in is really cool to me. I don't think you're in the min- min- no, really? minority. No, that's good. a huge part, I think, of Smash It was Smash a big Brothers. deal on GameCube yeah. because a lot of those games had, there wasn't a Metroid at the time. Yeah. You know, that was the only way to see 3D that's models. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's right. It was really cool that's to right. do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It, it, yeah. it was really good, and then the you know what little music I could hear just sounded awesome. So mm-hmm. I yeah. want to play it more. Yeah, we know it's going to sound great. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's I mean that's not even a question, so, especially with what Nintendo's been doing recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of one of my concerns with Smash, though, and I have to put this out there, even though it's not reflected in the written piece we have up on IGN, is that talking to um, some of the hardcore competitive players, specifically the melee players, there is some concern about some of the changes that were made. Uh, a lot of what has kept Melee around for 13 years are yep. the layers of high-level play embedded in that game, whether they were by accident or whether they were by accident or they weren't. Mm-hmm. But um, things like wave dashing, things like L-canceling, sort of the advanced techniques that those players have really embraced mm-hmm. are gone. Yep. And so it calls into question, at least a little bit, like how well received this is going to be and is the tournament scene going to immediately latch to it. Now, granted, the counter to this entire argument is that things get discovered over time. Mm-hmm. The reason, if you watch a Melee game from when that game came out in 2001 and then you watch a, a match now, the pacing and the, the level of play is so much better today yeah. Yeah. Um, to the degree that anyone can get really good as long as they're willing to put in the time and learn those techniques. Um, so the bigger question, at least for that scene, is are things going to get discovered over time? Are we going to see sort of those those aspects of it, or is this just a, is this just an indicator of a game that's still in development, and then maybe there is hope for those things to find their way yeah, in? Yeah, perhaps. And and also, I mean, Nintendo in, invited um, folks to play competitively for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. They, there's also a feedback loop where yeah. if these guys really feel like something was neutered from the old game. Um, then there's a chance to give that feedback right now and for the developers to actually think yep. about that. I just hope yeah. there's time to fix yeah. it, if that's the case. Yeah. And that makes total yeah. sense. That was another thing that went off in my mind is, okay, you didn't just have 16 of some of the best players in the world 
in one place in LA during E3 just to show off your game, yeah. you're also going to take feedback from them. So I yeah. hope that they're listening, and I hope that Sakurai is listening to that feedback For with sure. intent to make changes. Did you guys yeah. watch the finals of the invitation? I wanted to so bad, I haven't. Um, there's like, you know, you can watch it pre-recorded now, and it, the fi- just the final match is just super close and really good. Yeah, cool. mm-hmm. yeah I heard it went to time, and some yeah, folks Yeah, it was Kirby versus that, yeah. Zero Suit Samus, and then mm-hmm. it went to Sudden Death, with like, they both get like 800% or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah I okay. won't spoil it. So what do you what are you sort of what are you hearing is uh, are some of like their their new favorite characters? Uh, oh, um, they seem to be receiving a lot of the characters really well. I think you know I heard praise for like almost every new character. Honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't really take a while, recall. Right? Yeah, I don't really recall anyone sort of saying, "Oh, this one not so good." You mm-hmm. know, yeah. like folks cool. really like like for example, Little Max Power. Mm-hmm. You know, and how he is he is a brawler, man. He's in your face. I, I think, think he's, he's going to be the f- favorite. The yeah, new favorite. yeah, and I, th- folks, I think yeah. he's like a it's he's he's a showboat too, yeah. like especially for tournament scenes. Yeah. Like, yeah, getting yeah. in getting in hits like that is going to look yeah. really awesome. Yeah, on the yeah, and scene. Uh, just to wrap this up though, uh, we spent some time. Maybe we're spending too much time talking about this, but this is definitely a challenge for Sakurai, right? Because mm-hmm. he wants to make a game that anyone can jump in and play, but he also wants to. At the same time, there is an audience that has kept one of his games alive for 13 years. Yeah. And how do you satisfy both of those audiences? So this is not an easy pickle for yep. any developer. I don't think I've ever seen Nintendo consider that the audience that's dedicated for many years in Smash Brothers. I don't think they've even thought about them for all. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, but it, I think it, it's great. Yeah. That, it's, that they had the Invitational. That they thought about it. I mean, yeah. they're trying. Different. Yeah. Not I only don't know if you can please those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's it's what so I, I was kind of saying that to Jose. Like, I, I mean, some it's. Some of it is sort of like, well, you've been playing Melee for so long that maybe you should just keep playing that because yeah. you, mm-hmm. you, maybe nothing will get... It's sort of like when some people go, oh, the best, super, the best Mario Kart ever is Super Mario Kart for SNES. And I'm like, mm, I know, I don't, I don't agree with that. But some, for some, some people, play. that is Mario Kart because it's been their whole lives. Mm-hmm. But I think that they, that they did the Invitational, and then even more than that, they did a Q&A, which they brought a bunch of just you know, really excited people and fans into a room and some of them were like, you know, I just respect you and I love that you blah, blah, blah. But some, all, some others were like, how are you going to balance things? How are you going to do this? It, it got very technical on mm-hmm. that side. For them to even open up that conversation to a room full of people, um, I think is a big step in the right direction. It is. Great. I just hope Sakurai is willing to make those changes. Sure. And we don't really know that yet. But we'll see with the last game. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the, the games you guys got to play on the show floor. Yeah. I know Sam and Brian, you guys have... Played everything. Played everything. Yeah. yeah. So let's nice. let's uh, let's go down the laundry list. Let's start with Mario Maker. Super good. Yeah. I, I made a row of bricks and then I covered it with a hundred uh, stacked up um, Hammer Bros. <laughs> and then I started at the beginning of the level and I started to try to get through there. Yeah. Like get to the flag, just run under them, or I was trying to kill them That's and like genius. run through it really fast. And like the the hammers. It was just a wave of black hammers. <laughs> was it the max? Up. Was it 100 to yeah, max? Yeah, 100 is max. And does it run smoothly right with 100 hammers? Yeah, it was totally run? smooth. And, um, and while I was doing that, seriously, a little crowd of people came around me and started watching. Wow. And they were all laughing. And, and I got past it eventually. You did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I love. Like, and that hopefully, ostensibly, you'll be able to take those levels, put them online, and, and challenge the whole world yeah. to beat them. Um, and then I could download that level and in the middle of it be like, I'm going to put three piranha plants in between this combo break, this sea of hammer bros. Um, I think that's awesome. To me, it's like it opens up the world uh, that we've seen with the modding community for so long. Yeah. Um, and it makes it official. Like it's, 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 legal. it's street legal. It's sanctioned, real. right? Yeah. You know, and that's so cool. Like uh, it, even if I'm not great at it, I think other people will be. And the, the, just that level of creativity. The toolkit is so easy. Yeah. It's like... 
two seconds to learn and you're perfect at it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember some of the special levels in New Super Mario Brothers where you like oh, yeah. you uh, you go up uh, in the clouds and you have these crazy levels? One where you had to keep on running the entire time. Yep. That's the kind of stuff we're going to see much more of. You yeah. know, you're not you're not oh, going to yeah. get the kind of like the storytelling levels. You're going to get the crazy technical stuff yeah. where like it is a real obstacle course. It's for like the challenges in NES Remix where you know if you run fast and time your jumps, you you will do the challenge properly. Yeah. But you didn't know that just playing it when you were a kid. You just, just run slowly and stop and try to get through it. But there is a way to speedrun levels, and NES Remix teaches you how to do that. So you'll know when people share like really high-rated levels that there's some secret to just running through it. Yeah, there's, there's always totally it's, it almost becomes a puzzle game, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a solution to it. And I, I yeah, like, exactly. I like the notion of, of, of people creating these sort of complex Rube Gold. Uh, Rube Goldberg machines oh, and, yeah. and jumping from turtle to turtle as they're yeah. flying. One shell falls, it goes well, through this you, entire thing. Did you play the pre made one that was like that with the mushroom? Yeah, and it's insane. Yeah, right? there's one where you hit a mushroom out and then it goes on springs and it keeps on springing just out of your reach. And you're like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll just and it's go. Oh, and then it actually turns around at one point and starts springing back the other way. And you're like, ah. Yeah, I mean, just the, just oh, the really combination funny. of like. Uh, Blocks, breakable blocks, items, shells, springs. Like, it's just, you take like five or ten simple little uh, tile sets and you can create like an insane world out of it. Yeah, and great. I do really appreciate that you can switch between art styles on the fly. Uh, you know, it, it, it always uses the physics of the original Mario Brothers. Yeah, so you don't you have can't triple jumps. Turtle and shells. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it might throw some people off, but. Wait, in New uh, Super Mario Brothers, you could, but because it's dictated by the original. Yeah, so this is basically, yeah, think of it like Super Mario All Stars, right? Where we played that game and mm-hmm. it was like a Super Nintendo remake. Yeah. This is a HD Wii U remake. Of the original Mario Brothers one uh, rules and oh, tools I didn't and everything. That. Yeah. So yeah, don't expect. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even think we can expect multiplayer because like a lot of that stuff just won't work in that way. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is Mario throwing fireballs, hopping on shells. There's no triple jumps. Okay. There's no wall jumps. There's no okay. throwing items and stuff like that. Damn, gotcha. all of everything before Donkey Kong '94 essentially. Right? Yeah. yeah, but. I mean, that's great. I mean, it's a more confined rule set, too, yeah. so there are not that many ways to solve a level then, too, because the newer games have made it easier to overcome certain obstacles, sure. right? Like in the old game, if there was a gap, you literally had to time your jump to the last bit and get across. In the newer ones, you can go back and do a triple jump or yeah. something, well, right? Well, and the one thing that makes this, and I'm not sure because I was checking something on my phone really quick, so you may have mentioned this, and stop me if you did, but the one thing that I think that makes this entire thing work so well is the gamepad. It mm-hmm. is the gamepad. Yeah. Having the ability to have a simple interface where you're tapping a tile, dragging it where you want it to be, it is completely 100% Mario totally Paint. Right. Um, yeah. it, is, it is so, so good to know that that is a unique thing that you're not going to see, really, unless yeah, it, you... It actually almost, works, it almost yeah. works too fast because yeah. I'll be sitting there holding the stylus and I'm like, where do I put the stylus? I'm going to test this. Because the game does... It's different than other character and uh, level makers where you design the level, you back out, you play the level, you get to the end, and you go, I don't like this, I'm going to change it. This, you Instant. change it, yeah. hit a button, and you're instantly playing it, yeah. and then pull back. Yeah, it's a really smart way to drop Mario in. It's yeah. like this weird thing you control with the analog stick where you can kind of just move him around as a ghost and then place him in and then press start, yeah. and he just starts. And it's so nicely you, uh, done, like just yeah. the, the controls. Yeah. I mean, it is, you, you, can see, you can tell they're great UI designers because they didn't just get you a, a level editor that somebody would work, uh, would use you know, in their team to build a game. I like, like to something think that's more what technical. they used. Yeah. 
it's right. just like everything is WYSIWYG and really well yeah, executed. And, well, that means what you see is what you get. Well, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of secrets in the UI. Like if you take a Hammer Brother and you shake him, he just starts dropping hammers all over the place. Oh, really? Or if you take That's, a Piranha Plant and shake him, yeah. they drop leaves everywhere. And there's the Mario, um, uh, the Mario uh, paint Easter eggs, which I couldn't find. Yeah. I, did, I didn't the do anything. Oh, yeah, water the Flash Water will come out. Or if you shake Mario, you can actually change the size. So he'll go from Little Mario to Big Mario if you shake him. And then if you shake him again, he goes from Little Mario from Big Mario back. So excited for this. What's with the skinny mushroom, by the way? Makes Mario skinny. All right. So I have a theory for that, and I, I think that it. All right, quickly, because we got to move on. This might go as finite as giving us a pixel editor. Yeah. Which means we can actually change the shape of what things look like and change the design of them. Which okay. means that if that thing, and then I mean, then you'd have to work the math and everything. But that thing could makes Mario skinny. So maybe we could redesign all the tiles. Maybe mm-hmm. I could make you know brick blocks look different. Inside. That'd be cool, but then that would conflict with the new new Super Mario Brothers style, right? Because then you would have two tile sets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. you could so probably just ne- warp them. Yeah. yeah. So next, Hyrule Warriors. I really liked it. I, I surprisingly, I'm not a really. I've never played okay. a Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah, I'm the same. But way. Um, I was uh, demoed. Uh, the person who did the demo was uh, NVC vet Audrey Drake, which was really fun. <laughs> okay. She'd played it a ton. She's obviously a huge Zelda fan, so she was able to kind of like really clue me into stuff that I didn't, I wouldn't have picked, picked up just playing on the show. Floor. Okay. But I played as Zelda, which I thought was really cool. Um, I don't think playing as Link is going to feel close enough to playing as Link, and that's what I was thinking going in. Is like I don't want to play a game that's kind of a knockoff of Zelda feeling. In feel, mm-hmm. but yeah, playing Zelda felt really good, and she uh, she she just has like really funny super moves, like with her like golden arrows and stuff like that. But what I liked about it was just that uh, it it had um, elements of Zelda in a in a game that was just only about combat. I just thought it was but, good. But did the combat feel engaging? Because my issue with it, I only played it for for a little bit. Um, by the way, it doesn't. It, it actually looks pretty good when you see it running. It looks impressive, um, and there's there's some weird takes on the classic hey, listen, character designs. Listen, yeah, um, yeah, but but I felt like I, I felt like I was playing a janitor and sweeping the floor. You just kind of like run around yeah, and just like not, everybody goes it's flying. It's definitely not you know? like it's something I'm going to go back to San Francisco and talk about all the time. Okay. But I did like I liked I think playing a Zelda was a really cool thing. One great thing that happened is that like Link came up as like an AI character. You can play as co-op. But they didn't have it uh, playable, and Link came up, and she's like, "Hey, Link!" You know, and she like starts talking to him, uh-huh. and they're like fighting side by side, and then he like ran off and did something. And I was like, "That's really cool." Yeah. Yeah, there's never been a Zelda game where like they're like equal, yeah. equal parts of the Triforce and actually kicking butt. Yeah, they're definitely having fun with uh, with the ideas, right? And yeah. saying, "Okay, how do we how do we maximize and get a lot of cool looking attacks and sort of two player co op using the gamepad and television is a nice touch." I'm still lukewarm on it, but I'm. We'll see. That I mean, seems to be know. the majority of the yeah. opinions. Like see the people Goron? say it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what sold me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like Goron in like samurai yeah. armor. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm just like Sam. I didn't I didn't play yeah. Dynasty Warriors, so I'm not burnt mm-hmm. out on that franchise. Um, if this was the only Zelda in the future, I would yeah. be a little worried uh, right now. I think mm-hmm. this game looks a lot better now that we know that something bigger is coming down the line. It's, it's very different. Of, yeah, this yeah. is sort of the appetizer before the main course, so I don't mind, you know. Yeah, me neither. Send it, it back. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm 100 I'm totally kidding. All right, so Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker. Oh, I love, love it. Game. Love it. Yeah. Love All right, it. go it's, for it. Oh, man. It's, um, it's, it's these, it perfectly sort of bite-sized puzzle levels, right? And... Um, there are these big squares or big 
kind of cubes. cubes. Yeah. You kind of rotate, and your character, you know, you make him walk around. It's like a Mario game, but where you, where you can't jump. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of, I like... Uh, it's, it's, You're it's, totally helpless. It's kind of cool to play video games like that, right? Yeah. Like, instead of this, like, these badass guys with guns and swords, we have this little guy, and he's just got this thing on his head. And, a, and you know, his backstory is that he is... He's, he loves he's going, treasure. He's loves he, he loves treasure. He's he going through all this. Really fast. He's going through all this to get like mushrooms and stars so that he can bring them to Mario and yeah. Mario's other games. So Mario can casually walk up and be like, "Wow, thanks, got it." But for him, he's like, "Oh my god, I got to go into this like hell world yeah. and rotate around and like gloves and down." It's terrible. I it's, hope it's Mario really cool. really really saves you sometimes. Yeah, it's it's and like Mario just goes. Brruh, brruh, and loses yeah, a life, it's like right? seeing the factory that yeah. makes your phone yeah. or oh, your so shoes. That's a, that's a really fun <laughs> idea that uh, Dragon Quest explored years ago, where uh, you played a game. I think it was called Turnerco something. I'm forgetting the Total the, Nickel, Yeah, the yeah. mysterious dungeon. Yeah. Where, yeah, the mysterious dungeon, and you basically played the item shop guy. And it's like, yeah. well, when heroes come along, I'm going to have to have really cool stuff. So you would go into dungeons, and it was a roguelike, and you had to find um, these items and take them back. So it's a cool ex- uh, perspective shift. That has been done before, and I really yeah. like it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's been a few years now, but Nintendo has really gotten good at HD gaming. Like, yeah, I feel I like they're they're the really at this. It's the same set of graphical styles and assets that they used for uh, Super Mario 3D World. Totally. Like it just yeah. looks like Super Mario 3D World, which is great because that that game looked amazing. And then it has uh, the, the the gameplay is more like Luigi's Mansion than mm-hmm. than it is a Super Mario Brothers game. But um, that works better because, like, you can actually rotate. I don't know. It's just like a little microcosm you're in. You can rotate it really easily. You can see everything, so you can figure out secrets that way. It's not as slow as Luigi's Mansion, yeah. surprisingly. Do you know? There's a run button, but it barely affects Toad. It barely, That's my yeah. favorite thing. It goes. It does the little poof that he gets in Super Mario 3D World. But you know? nothing happens. Yeah, and then he's just like just a little bit faster. To me, uh, it reminds so me a lot of Donkey Kong 94, mm-hmm. in that you had uh, a goal to reach. And you had three things to collect along the way. And those three things were optional. As long as you got to the goal, that was great. And it, it was these bite-sized, really genius, yeah. puzzle, little puzzle levels with traps and levers yeah, yeah, and yeah. enemies and things moving around. And uh, I actually really like some of the gamepad stuff, like clicking in and zooming and seeing mm-hmm. on your screen where Toad is in relation to everything else and then popping out and rotating the level. It's really smart. I don't know how many levels will be in the final version. I don't know how much it'll cost. But I know that this is a, a great kind of sit-down yeah. Bite size, play 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and back out and do something yeah. else. And in line with that Donkey Kong uh, 94 sort of um, example, it's almost like they took that concept but then said, let's take away all the powers, right? Yeah. Whereas in Donkey Kong yeah. 94, that was Mario at his most mobile. Oh, he's Jackie Before Chan. Mario in that game. 64, mm-hmm. yeah. that was the game where you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, here you have it, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. totally, totally reverse. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap because there's other, there's other things to talk about. And I don't mean wrap the show, but more importantly, Maybe talk about some of the things that weren't here and some of the things where, you know, I know we touched on like Metroid was missing, but also like a lot of 3DS software was missing on the show floor. Like you were able to play Smash Brothers for 3DS, and that was cool because, like we said earlier, it, it's up to, I don't know if we said it earlier actually, but it's totally up to snuff with what Smash Brothers is. Um, but then, you know, you had games like Fantasy, Fantasy Life, uh, Theatrhythm, Pokemon. Uh, in the case of Fantasy Life and Theatrhythm, announced via press release, but none of them playable. None of them there to sort of show off. This, like, the gamepad was their focus. At this the was C3, a bad E3 for handheld gaming, like straight up. This was there wasn't a lot for Vita. There wasn't a lot for 3DS, and there really wasn't a lot for mobile. Like it's just a so. 
Wait, is this the sign then, the telltale sign we keep seeing of the mobile market, of the tablet market? Well, it's, it's odd to me, right? Because I, I mean, don't uh, think they bring them to E3. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think they demo well, honestly. But I oh, think yeah. that the um, I, the, think I mean, the 3DS was the best-selling video game system last year, right? Yeah. There's, there's passion there. There's fervor. Uh, it had Nintendo pumped a ton of uh, you know joy into what they and passion and creativity into the games we've seen on the 3DS in the last year and a half. Um, they and need to sell Wii U's. They don't need to sell 3DS's but, now. Yeah, right? so they're yeah. Showing I, Wii I think yeah. they sort of like you know they some, they focus on one kid more than the others. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's the reaction to what draws crowds at E3. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had lots of 3DS and, and DS games in the past at Nintendo's booth, but the console area is always way more packed. It's just. Seeing something on a big screen with others crowding around, yeah. being able to see that, and hearing the music rather than having a small handheld, it just works better at a, as a conference sure. at a conference like this, right? It's different maybe for a public conference like Gamescom or Comic Con, where you have like four machines connected and you're doing multiplayer and it's fans playing against mm-hmm. each other. But as at a trade event like this, I can understand that there aren't that many, mm-hmm. and there aren't um, any there aren't any iPhone games, like virtually no Android or tablet games oh, yeah. either, it right? Like yeah. just a handful exist. of them. Yep. They just don't. don't demo well in yeah, like and, that. and that's, right. that's why to put it in context like it doesn't mean that like 3DS is in trouble because mm-hmm. you have another Pokemon game which by the way last year sold over 12 million units you have Smash Brothers for the first time coming to 3DS I would not be surprised if the story late this fall is that 3DS is taking one, one or two months as the best selling mm-hmm. hardware for those months simply because oh we got a release date for Smash 3DS I think it's like October 3rd or something yeah. like that got slipped um, back a little bit yeah it did does yeah. That quietly mean, does, that, that, does that mean Wii U is going to slip back I don't back think so because mm-hmm. Amiibo has to come out in 2014 right. and that thing is tied to Smash Brothers okay. so I would Fair be enough. willing to bet and the wording changed right it's not winter 2014 mm-hmm. anymore it's now holiday 2014 um they will have no problem selling Amiibo without a, a game tied to it. As people are like not going to, though. No, they're not going to. They, they might not. But if they want to be like, hey, let's make a billion dollars before Christmas, <laughs> they will. I think Heaven and Earth has to get moved, definitely. And I've said this before to get those games out in 2014. I think now it's even doubly so. Just because. Do you, of I mean, the do state you think it's, it's better to uh, get Amiibo out with these games or get Amiibo to. out early while they finish the balance issues that are, you know, some people are having some problems with? Or, or some of the technical things that they say aren't in Smash? You can know? patch games now. Yeah. That's true. You you can know, patch games. You're no longer fixed with a multiplayer game on a I don't want Smash Brothers to delay my new figure collection. <laughs> wow, you wow. really care more about the little plastic I really want them. They're awesome. I want them all over my desk at right. IGN because okay. I can't bring right. them home. Yeah. All right. We know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, anything else to talk about? Uh, this well, is just sort of Steam. I mean, like... Oh, Codename Steam. That's right. You... And their new IP, Splatoon and Codename Steam. So I haven't Steam. seen anything on it yet. Me neither. Like, I don't know what it looks like. We saw too much of it. Really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you weren't impressed. I, I came no, around. I'm just saying it was a long thing. Oh, no, it was a long presentation. Impressed. Yeah, so what'd you, I mean, what do you think? We were both there, Sam and I, at Codename Steam's unveiling. Yeah, it looks like a really fun game with an art style I don't like. Is it a new Advance Wars? Is it, is no. it do you, no, it's, it's more it's like Battalion different. Wars. Battalion Wars, yeah, okay. But with more like strategy rules to it, right? Because movement is dictated by how much speed you have, and the grid does show up, but it's on the floor. Yeah. The perspective of the game is not overhead. It's actually a third-person camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The goal of the design team for that game was mostly to eliminate the barriers of strategy that would turn people away, turn to make strategy. it something that was more familiar for them, and to sort of make it simpler but still deep. Yeah. Um, we had a conversation uh, with the guys working on that game, and it seems like they're really passionate about how strategy 
should work, but that there's always the turnoff, right? That uh, there's too many numbers or, yeah. or just the statistical values. Like, of course, we all love those games. And it's, yeah. uh, and it's, not, it's not turn-based. Uh, it is turn-based. Turn there based. is okay, an good. enemy turn and a, and a, and a player turn. Yeah. And you can move around during your turn. Because there, there was, in Japan, there was a, a, a game from this team called Napoleon mm-hmm. that was, um, was real-time strategy, yeah. and it just didn't work. It yeah, was okay. Yeah. yeah, this is not real-time. And so I, I love seeing these guys do turn-based. Not many companies do this anymore, and Fire Emblem and Advance Wars are so good. Yep. I want more of that. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. So that that I think it has a lot of. I think it has potential. I think. I mean, the art style for some folks is rubbing them the wrong way. But I thought it was fine. Uh, it's based on the Silver Age of comic books, yeah. believe it or not. Which yeah. that's a cool, really cool art style to see Nintendo try and tra- uh, tackle for the most part. Um, the art director on that game, she worked on Awakening, uh, by the way. She's that's worked great. on a, a bunch of games. Um, and yeah, I just I can't wait to play it. I it was hard to sort of take it all in via a presentation because. Yeah. Watching someone play a strategy game versus actually playing it yourself. We should have played what, that game. Yeah, yeah. That's it was, was a thinking. bad thing to kind of put up on a screen and watch for mm-hmm. a couple hours. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I thought Yarn Yoshi was the most beautiful game. Oh and, man, and it's, it's gorgeous. Game. Or, sorry, it looks, Yoshi's Woolly World. It's yeah. really good when you see it in person and on, it's on the screen. Really yeah. fun. It's really fun. It plays it's really it, well. The best Yoshi game since Yoshi's Island. That's what Fantastic. I've been. That's, to what I've been saying this whole show is that you know the Yoshi's had some weird missteps and it almost started becoming synonymous with uh, their. They're kind of their most accessible, kid-friendly mm-hmm. franchise. Like yeah. I think they that got they, uglier and uglier. And they, yeah, did, uh, they did not look good. Uh, the last one did not sound good. But mm-hmm. uh, Yoshi's yeah. Woolly World. I is played a dope. co-op with the demo girl, yeah. and it was she was really good, and it, it was just so fun. We yeah. kept on like you can eat each other, and you can make an egg with other Yoshi and spit it out. If you run out of eggs, well, she was really bad. You'd be terrible. You'd be really mad about this game. I'm kidding. Yeah. Go ahead. She, yeah, she was like she. You know, we, we she was like you know I know where some of the secret stuff is, and there's the same type of ideas. There's like, you know, three yarn collectibles, there's five flowers, and then there's the pink hearts, yep. and, you know, there's all the same type mm-hmm. of collectible ideas, and they're like really well hidden in sure. cool areas. That's great. I thought it the, is gorgeous. Okay, so, so I, we got to wrap yeah. this one quick. So a few more points on Yarn Yoshi, because I want to talk about Splatoon. We have oh, yeah. not talked about Splatoon, and this is a big IP for them. So really yep. quickly, what do you want to uh, say? Sure, I, I played with the uh, Wiimote sideways, and I thought uh, it was very intuitive how they had the A button, which is next to the D-pad, work as your sort of targeting reticle. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So you would just kind of walk around, slide your finger over, pop it out, and, and shoot. Um, okay. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's actually really beautiful to look at the world, how it, it, it all feels like it was constructed from the same sort of kit, right? And uh, yeah. things start to become, like, pulled away and pieced together. Um, okay. It's just, it's very gorgeous. It's very fun. It's more challenging than I thought it yeah, would be. Yeah, than Kirby, for or, sure. Yeah, than Kirby, Kirby, for sure. So, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited point. for it. I'm happy it exists. Okay, Splow Splatoon. Big new IP for them, or at least depending on the position in the show where they put it, they want it to be. Um, So it was weird because I got a chance to play it and it didn't really, I didn't really absorb all of its mechanics because I've played third person action games before, but uh, the ink plays a big part in how you're supposed to play this game. Mm -hmm. And so my first time through, I was making the mistake of emptying my paint can and then diving into the ink to sort of refill my can and then come out again Mm -hmm. and start shooting it. And that is not how you're supposed to play this game. I watched the... the co-director play it, and he was doing some really cool advanced movement where he was like firing paint, he was jumping in the air to fire paint, then transforming into a squid, diving back into the ink, 
uh, filling up his meter, jumping back out, firing more paint. Like he was basically painting a path for himself and down. jumping in and out like a dolphin. Yeah, and it was That's really crazy. cool to watch. It's cool. It's cool to watch whenever somebody's playing who knows yeah. what they're doing. It's yeah. definitely not a game that you jump in, you it immediately yeah. immediately clicks, right? Sure. It is. It is not Call of Duty with with squids. It's Team Fortress <laughs> with squids, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's something that you have to take the time to learn. You're not going to be dazzled by the visuals when you play this game. It is really about kind of good old fashioned multiplayer fun. Yeah. Friends. Does it have a single player mode? It's going to have a single player. Oh, it is. I talked to them. So it's going to have a single player. It's going to have other modes. They're still figuring it out, and it's going to be an early 2015 game. Interesting. It's co developed by two younger members on Miyamoto's team. That's cool. uh, Which is also really. I don't know. That's inspiring for me because like you don't, you don't yeah. yeah, you don't see a of, yeah the, the the future of Nintendo. And uh, I got to talk to one of them, Sakaguchi-san, and he was super animated, really fun to talk to. He was like in the middle of conversations, kind of motioning like he had a mm-hmm. paintball gun in his hand and like mm-hmm. trying to really help me understand the vision for that game. And that's why I say it, it didn't demo well for me. But talking to them and then seeing some of the potential, I was like, okay. I'm a little closer to being on board now because now I understand what this is. I have a good feeling about that game. I think it's going to be good, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I think the majority of people from, from our team went in, played it, and didn't, didn't yet feel it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those games where it is not going to dazzle you with cool kind of story moments or anything, and you just need to take the time to, to learn it. And I think it's also far from being done, right? Like yeah. There's a, a lot of twe- tweaking has to go on, but it could be really cool. I mean, the concept of it is great, and the return of that style of first-person shooter, I think, is good news, too. Yeah. You know, in a sea of... You know, you these, these big, uh, yeah, third person here, but yeah. in the in the sea of these kind of competitive shooters that are all, all bombastic Call of Duty, yeah. uh, Battlefield style yeah. experiences, yeah. having something like this, I think, yeah. is really cool. It, it, rem- it reminds me of person, yeah. Uh, yeah. battle mode in like rare games. Yeah, yeah, right? no, like, that, that's back it. in the yeah. N sixty four when you had you know Jet Force Gemini, mm-hmm. you had Conquer, you had Donkey Kong sixty four. It's yeah. just sort of like. You know, no, no, like real. It, it didn't really have like a reason why this was happening. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like here's why all these like monkeys are fighting each other with you know coconut guns. But it was just sort of like they they drop you in. Um, I am more of a single player person, so this is not really what I look for in Nintendo games. But um, this could be fun. Like this yeah. could be cool, and I, I'm interested to see them do something new, at least with the new IP. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the one exception to the big bombastic shooter that was super successful, but it was sort of a known IP, was Plants vs Zombie Garden Warfare. Yeah. Which this is also sort of in the in the vein of in a way, right? Because it's it's very different than how you would play, say, a Call of Duty or a battlefield or what have you, although those are first-person shooters, but you get my ultimate point mm-hmm. here. All right, cool. Uh, last few seconds. What do you guys, anything left? Well, the say? only thing, really thankful at, at just the fan support at the show. Oh, I bumped yeah. into a whole bunch yeah. of people who yeah. listened to NVC yeah, nice. you know, on it's the street. Really cool. Some people came by the, the show floor and okay. the booth and said hi. People standing in line at the Smash Brothers Invitational were going like, welcome. Oh, so yeah. it was just really what? great really? to yeah, get that. Yeah, it oh. was just really awesome. Okay. Well, I, I wasn't ready for it. So <laughs> thank you guys for the support. The, the NVC podcast group on, on Facebook, you guys have been really active and, and have contributed great opinions to the Zelda sure, trailer sure. rewind and everything mm-hmm. so thank you so much for the support yeah, yeah absolutely no, 100% um, this is I, I think this is my 63 and it's been my is, it is our 6th yeah 18 because I know I started on the same thing 18 it's been there since the first year. oh that's right so um, and this has been my by far my favorite show to work I think it's been my favorite to cover as a gamer and as an enthusiast and also as like a member of press and somebody doing video stuff um, it's just been fantastic it's just been great energy I thought uh Nintendo has really taken that momentum from Mario Kart and kind of like 
propelled it into the next year and a half. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. We'll see what I'm actually playing on my Nintendo consoles by the end of the year. Um, but for now, I'm really excited for, for what's next. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, as always, we are a weekly show on IGN, uh, but we are not the only show on IGN. There are plenty of other podcasts, videos, features, articles that you should check out. We have a ton of E3 coverage that you should be looking at. Um, also, if you're listening to this, uh, sh- the audio version of this show, please stop by iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And ultimately, again, thanks a lot for your support. Uh, we ran into a lot of you at the show, and it is really gratifying for us to know that folks really do like where everything is going. Um, with that, Twitter handles... You can find Pear at... Pear IGN. You can find Brian at... Agent Bizzle. You can find Sam at... Samuel underscore IGN. And you can find me, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thanks again for watching, listening, and we will see you next week. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.